welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Sunday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has you covered. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. I ran to into Gary Ashton today, leaving uh, Geotis Park, the brand new home of Nashville SC. Gary Ashton is the official real estate agent, however, of the Tennessee Titans and the Nashville Predators. Get your dream address without the stress at GaryAshton.com. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go for your next new vehicle or pre-owned vehicle. One of the state's largest selections, and the Built For You program, which I'll tell you more about at tworiversford.com. So, three days of NFL draft. One, uh, one. Uh, Eric Castillo says, a Sunday show? Question mark. Eric, are you new here? We've done Sunday We've done Sunday nights on the primetime show since, I mean, three years. Reed and our producer Reed and I have been doing this together. So, yes, Eric, a Sunday show indeed. If you are new, welcome. We are happy to see you. Uh, but yes, this is a part of the, uh, this is a part of the, uh, regularly scheduled programming here on the A to Z sports network. Now, uh, so with this whole circumstance, as we get ready to talk about it, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of shit that's happened over the course of the last 72 hours. Well, I guess it's more than 72 hours at this point, probably closer to 80 hours since AJ Brown got traded from the Titans. Now you guys know, or many of you know that Austin, Jack Gentry, and Huff uh, of the Tighten Up podcast did a draft reaction show. I was a small part of it, um, uh, a small part of it from the facility because I've been at a, I've been at the facility for the last three days. So we have not had a, dis- a chance to discuss the AJ Brown situation with the primetime audience quite yet. We should start there because my position has evolved on this very, very much since Thursday night, Friday morning, because I did three hours of talk radio, as you guys, or most of you guys know, I have a sports talk radio show that I do here in Nashville on top of the primetime show. And on Friday on the radio, I lost my mind a little bit because I could not see, I could not see any explanation that would make sense for the trading away of A.J. Brown. They could have made the money work. They could have found a way to pay him. I uh, I called it borderline a fireable offense um, if it was not, if it panned out in a way that, you know, caused the Tennessee Titans detriment. Truly, this is the way that I felt. And I felt this way because of the reported details from our friend Teron Davenport at ESPN. So AJ gets traded away Thursday night. 18th overall is with the Philadelphia, well, 18 and 101 come to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for A.J. Brown. That's a first and a third. So they ended up shipping away the third-round pick later on since they traded out of 26. But there's a lot of different details that came out throughout the course of the next 24 hours. So A.J. gets traded. We get into the press conference. Many of you watched it. Mike Vrabel did not like my line of questioning about how how you manage an NFL locker room in the wake, in wake of this. And Friday, I still felt so strongly, forgive me, I'm about to sneeze on the primetime show. I hate when I do that. But I felt so strongly about the circumstance for A.J. Brown that it did not make sense. And because A.J. reached out to Teron. Now, I Teron Davenport talked to A.J. Brown. 
after he got traded. I actually talked to AJ as well, but this was a much different circumstance. We didn't talk about contract details. When I talked to AJ, I just reached out to him and I said, Hey buddy, it was, you know, it was a pleasure covering you. We appreciate um, everything that, uh, everything that you were, uh, that you were able to do with the meat from the media standpoint and continued health and success, uh, throughout the course of your career and, and for your family, of course, uh, congratulations on the new contract. And, you know, AJ, AJ was, was appreciative of the message and, uh, and we moved on from there. And I, you know, I've turned my attention to John Robinson and Mike Frabel because guys, what the hell, <laughs> like what in God's name are you doing with the whole situation on and on and on it went in my mind this is the best or this is the not the best not the most accomplished but the most talented player at the wide receiver position that the Tennessee Titans organization has ever had Derek Mason is the most accomplished AJ Brown is the most talented and especially when Friday morning Teron Davenport talked to him but Teron did much better reporting than I did because Teron got details contract details or so we thought out of A.J. Brown. Now, what A.J. told Tehran is that the Titans offered him $16 million with incentives up to $20 million. A.J. also told Tehran that uh, he would have play, he would have come back to the Tennessee Titans for $22 million. Now, with that information at my disposal, I, I drew the assumption that the Tennessee Titans truly did not intend to keep A.J. Brown, despite what they had been telling us, despite everything that had been coming out of the organization, despite Mike Vrabel going on the Rich Eisen show and saying, yeah, AJ's not on the trade block as long as I'm the head coach here. And then all of a sudden we're looking around in the draft room for the media because we're all sitting down the hall from them while they're doing the draft. Down the hall from them while they're doing the draft. We're all looking around each other like, guys, what? <laughs> I mean, I gave them the uncensored uh, version on the draft show. I do not think that I need to uh, repeat the F-bombs and how many of them that, that there were. But all this stuff, all this stuff was swirling around. And so I lost my mind on the radio show. And then Friday, I went back to the facility. And a handful of us, it seems, got the, the same information about A.J. Brown because A.J. ultimately ended up, he said he told Tarani would have come back for 22. He got 25 a year, $100 million, four years on the contract from Philadelphia. And the deal was done immediately, right? The same way that the Tyreek Hill trade was done. So there was clearly a little bit of time leading up to, to that trade for Philadelphia to work the contract details out with, uh, with A.J. Brown's agent. And so I get to the facility on Friday, get to the facility on Friday, and I and I I had a bunch of information come to me on this particular situation. And what I was told, and what Teron Davenport was told, and what John Glennon was told, and what many of us were told, I think there was about eight of us that had that had the information by Friday afternoon. By the time that we had gotten back to the facility, I would say this is about 5 p.m. 5.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday evening. AJ is much more to blame for the fact that he was not a part of the Tennessee Titans anymore. AJ Brown had cut off communication with the Tennessee Titans. AJ Brown's representatives had told John Robinson that he would not take the field without a new contract. John Robinson acquiesced and started the negotiations which is why everybody 
thought that John Robinson was not going to let A.J. Brown go. And in fact, I was told that they had no intention, no intention on Thursday when he got traded, when they entered that draft room of trading A.J. Brown and their hand was forced because this is the timeline. So A.J. cuts off communication three weeks before, uh, three weeks before the draft. So basically from the start of mandatory or from uh, from voluntary offseason workouts, AJ stops talking to the Titans. And at that point, AJ's representation say, okay, he's not going to he's not going to be on the football field until such time as you give him a new contract. Titans start the negotiation. So, they come back with an offer that is in the 20 million dollar ballpark area. The 16 million dollars with up to 20 in, in incentives was not accurate and Tehran knows this as well. Tehran has since corrected his own information. The information that AJ gave Tehran was incorrect. I'm not saying that AJ is a liar. I'm just saying that AJ Brown at 24 years old doesn't know the details of all of his contract negotiations. And I'm not mad at AJ for that. You shouldn't be mad at AJ for that. It's just for somebody who for somebody who cannot even commit to a tweet that he puts out five seconds later, it is difficult. And and again, I'm not saying that AJ Brown's Twitter behavior is why is why you should look at those contract details with a side eye, but for somebody who has trouble committing to even the smallest tweet, right? To get those kind of specifics from AJ on a contract discussion that he was very much removed from, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to sell. So those details come out, and John Robinson's getting publicly dragged, right? Which somebody wanted to get the narrative out there why AJ actually got it out. And we can't we can't talk about where the information comes from and all these things on and on it goes. But AJ gets a contract counter from the Tennessee Titans, and it's not satisfactory to AJ and his camp. AJ and his camp come back with an offer or with, with this. AJ asks to be traded away from the Tennessee Titans. Asked to be traded away from the Tennessee Titans. And if not, then he would like to be paid north of $25 million a year, I was told $29 million a year, and nearly $80 million in guaranteed money. So AJ, whether he was influenced by his representation, whether he, you know, whether he knew just how far this thing had gotten out of hand because he wasn't communicating with anybody but his representation. And listen, agents are there for that purpose. I So for example, just to run run it through my prism, right? Austin and Zach had to negotiate with my agent when they did my contract for A to Z and for me to do radio at the same time. They had to negotiate through a third party so that there would not be emotional things tied up between me, Austin, and Zach because we're friends, right? It would be easy for that to become contentious. We're coworkers. It would have been difficult. It would have been hard to do that from a place where there is no emotion, right? Because, you know, talking about my livelihood, talking about their business, those kind of things can contentious, can get contentious. Now make it 25, potentially 29 million dollars a year, right? Hundred million dollar contracts. I don't know how much AJ knows about just how bad it got. All I know is that after AJ Brown was traded, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel tried to call AJ 
to congratulate him, to wish him well, because they do still like A.J. Brown very much and did not want to trade him, but A.J. had asked out and had made completely unreasonable demands for a person who does not have the resume of Tyreek Hill, does not have the resume of Stephon Diggs, does not have the resume of Devontae Adams. $80 million guaranteed is any is so far out of the question for AJ. By the way, he only got 57 in Philadelphia that when his representation came to the Titans with that, they knew that they were not going to be able to keep him. And at that point, John Robinson started taking calls. That's about 20 hours before he actually got ended up getting traded. And they didn't, if you think that they wanted to get rid of him, you are out of your mind. If you think that they are too cheap to pay him, you are out of your mind. They wanted to pay A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was too impatient. A.J. Brown's representation made this super mucky, and all of a sudden, A.J. Brown ends up not on the Titans and telling Teron Davenport that it's not his fault that he's not here anymore. And while I do have tremendous respect for AJ, I don't know his representation personally. I know where he is repped by, and I know how they do business. And it is very, very cutthroat. Agents can make a mess of a lot of good things, especially if you're a sports fan who doesn't understand why favorite player and favorite team can't come together on a deal that was clear and obvious for everybody, right? But it got very, very contentious. It got very toxic. And now... We end up in a situation where A.J. Brown is not a Tennessee Titan. It is not 100% A.J. Brown's fault. The Tennessee Titans have a degree of blame in this. A.J. has a degree of blame in this, but the bulk of the blame comes from his representation for the reason, if you're looking for a reason, why A.J. is not here today. It's tough, right? It's it's a tough pill to swallow, um, and I, I I put this out on Twitter on Friday afternoon. Um, 80 million wasn't the final number. 80 million wasn't the final number he wanted that guaranteed. I yeah, that's what I said, Jeff. I don't know if you're talking with me. Uh, I don't know if you're talking with me, Jeff, if you're talking with somebody else, but 80 million guaranteed was the money that he wanted. 80 million guaranteed is also completely untenable. For example, Harold Landry got, I think. Some it was between 50, 56 and 57. Producer Reed perhaps could look that up for us. The amount of guaranteed money that the Tennessee Titans gave uh Harold Landry, another big contract, or the big contract, the big extension. Well, I guess Harold was a free agent, so it was technically a new contract, but you understand my point. Harold got a ton of money guaranteed. AJ asked for damn near double, right? Damn near. <laughs> Nearly 30 million more than Harold Landry got when Harold hasn't missed a game in three years, and AJ, while he is incredibly talented, while he is only 24 years old, while you could sign him to a three-year deal and give him another chance at a big, big, big bite at a huge financial windfall, right? If you sign him to a three-year contract, he gets the opportunity to get paid at 27 again, and everybody's happy. At some point, AJ wasn't happy with the way that things were going and they made unreasonable contract demands and that took it out of the Tennessee Titans hand. At that point, you have to trade him. You have to trade him. It is untenable. Now, did it have to be on draft night? No, but did, was that the best offer that they got? 18, 18th overall and a third round pick for AJ Brown when Hollywood Brown also got traded for a first round pick um, uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Then 
if you can't keep him, if he's not going to come back, if he's going to cause, if he's going to drag this out into training camp in ways that seriously affect the team, even as he's such a great player and guys, I had the same reaction you did on Friday morning before I had this information at my disposal. Cause I had texted the Tennessee Titans. I had texted the Tennessee Titans and I had said, Hey, somebody so, before, before I went on the radio show, I said, I'm about to do three hours of Titans fan therapy are the contract details for AJ Brown accurate that Teron Davin is, Davenport is reporting. And before I went on the radio at 10 AM, the thing that I got back was the same consistent message that they have always had, which is that do not discuss contract details publicly. And then by the time I got to the facility at 5 p.m., after all of that shit had gone loose, after there was some serious, serious stuff happening across the NFL landscape regarding this particular trade because the entirety of the world, the entirety of the football world, thought that the Tennessee Titans lowballed A.J. Brown by damn near $10 million. It wasn't the case. And there's always two sides to the story. And and again, I, it doesn't mean that AJ's a liar. It doesn't mean that AJ outright lied to Tehran. It just means that AJ doesn't know how just, just how twisted this whole thing has gotten, right? And now he's an eagle. And now it doesn't matter anymore. And now you move on through the NFL draft process. We've done all of this, by the way, before we've even gotten your Two Rivers Ford take. Has anybody noticed that we're 20 minutes into the show and I haven't even done the Two Rivers Ford take yet? That's how much shit has happened over the course of the last three days. It's been crazy, right? We haven't talked about the draft class at all. D. Good says that's still brutal, but the whole thing's brutal. The whole damn thing is brutal. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a cluster, man. <laughs> it was never supposed to go down like this. Now... In the wake of that, the next three, the Friday and Saturday, they tried to make good in as many ways as humanly possible because we haven't talked about your future franchise quarterback yet. We've spent precious little time talking about the guy whose draft comparison is A.J. Brown, who's now on your roster in some form or fashion again. Producer Reed has the uh, has the, the only $35.25 million guaranteed for Harold? Shit, Reed. That's a... That's I th I thought Harold got somewhere in the 50s. Harold's contract, Harold's con what was Harold's total contract, Reed? If you could put that up on the screen for people. I thought that that was uh I thought that that was substantial. Only 32 and a half million dollars guaranteed for Harold. Now think about AJ asking for 80. Harold hasn't missed a game in three years. That's the kind of position that the represent again. I'm not gonna say AJ because I don't think it's all on AJ. That's the kind of position that AJ's representation. Put the Tennessee Titans in. Think about that. Think about that. Nearly double the guaranteed money that Harold Landry got for a player who is far, who is far more reliable, even as AJ is hugely, hugely talented. It's a pretty, it's a pretty complex situation. So with all of that, now we have talked about this. John Michael Presley says his agent sounds like a prick. Listen, John, they're paid to be. I my my, so again, this is on a much smaller scale, but because I know a little bit of how this works, both because I cover the league and also because I have an agent who has gone through contract negotiations with me, I pay my agent 10% of what I make to be a prick, right? They're paid to be pricks, so I don't have to. Tor uh, uh, <laughs> AJ Brown's agent, and it's a team of agents. It's not just one agent, but there's a team, especially when you're, when you're negotiating $100 million deals. There's a team. 
that's associated with this. Derrick Henry, also represented by CAA. Taylor Lewan, represented by CAA. You know who else is represented by CAA? John Robinson. His agent is at CAA. The, the general manager has an agent who is at CAA, right? Correction. Thank you, Reed, for the correction. I thought that was I thought that was uh, that was correct. Fifty two million dollars guaranteed. Harold got thirty two point two five at signing five year. Eighty seven million. I thought that was incorrect. Thank you for the correction. Reed total five year. Eighty seven million with fifty two and a half million with fifty two million guaranteed. But still almost thirty million dollars more guaranteed is what A.J. requested, which became untenable for the situation for the Tennessee Titans. So John Michael Presley says his agent sounds like a prick. Agents are supposed to be pricks. That's what they're there for. They're there to be the bad guy. So you don't have to. It just so happens that the bad guy in this particular situation muddied things up for everybody involved. You, John Robinson, A.J. Brown, the entirety of the Tennessee Titans fan base and the entirety of the Tennessee Titans organization. The only one who wins out of this is, well, there's two people who, two things that win out of this. A.J. Brown's bank account, fat as hell. And the Philadelphia Eagles, because, I mean, Philly's got a sp- sneaky good offense at this point with the, uh, oh, who's the Alabama wide receiver, uh, producer Reed, who was drafted by the Eagles in, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, know, I know I'm asking you to do a lot. I see you mouthing things back there that, because people can't hear you. You're operating in the showers, or in the, sh- not in the showers, in the shadows. Uh <laughs> Who's the damn Alabama wide receiver that Philadelphia drafted to play with Jalen Hurts? Because now they have Devonta Smith. Thank you very much, Michael Wagner. You understand my point. They've got a good offense now, and this is a situation where Philadelphia needs to find out what they have in Jalen Hurts. Giving him A.J. Brown is going to make that a hell of a lot better. Uh, You think Vrabel's reaction on video Thursday night was just disbelief that it was coming to this? I I don't think, Ben, I know. Here's here's what here's what Mike and listen, I can't uh, I can't speak for Mike Vrabel. In fact, Mike would throat punch me if I tried to speak for Mike Vrabel, as he almost did to several of us because he was so angry about the circumstance, angry and hurt about the circumstance on uh, on Thursday night. Damn it, we still haven't done the Two Rivers Four take yet. Let, okay, I'm going to tell you what Mike Vra- what I know of Mike Vrabel's reaction. To that here in just a second. First, I'm going to tell you we might as well just do the Two Rivers Ford thing. We've I'll ask you a I'll ask you a question here in just a second, and it'll be called the Two Rivers Ford take. But in the meantime, Two Rivers Ford is the place that you need to go. For the, uh, by the way, for all the people who bitch about too many ads, I've done 25 minutes straight without doing telling you giving you a single endorsement. But damn it, I'm going to tell you about Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the best place in Middle Tennessee to get your next vehicle, new or pre-owned. They've got one of the state's largest selections of quality American-made Ford cars. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program. I did the Built For You program. You can get the exact, well, you can, I mean, you can get the exact vehicle that I got, but you can build your own. You can do it the same way that I did. I went into Two Rivers Ford. I said I want a 2022 Ford Explorer XFT, XLT. I want it in black. I want a heated steering wheel. I want a moonroof. I want the two captain's chairs and the third row that folds down. I want, I want cruise. I want the radar cruise control. I want all of it. I want the lane assist. Load this sucker up and make sure that I get the leather interior. And you know what Two Rivers Ford did? They built that exact vehicle. That vehicle sitting about a hundred feet from me in my well, a hundred feet and like a story down because we're in the second floor of my home. You're in my office right now. Regardless, my built for you Two Rivers Ford 2022 Ford Explorer XLT is sitting right out there. You know why? Because Two Rivers Ford built it. 
and then delivered the damn thing right to me. You can do that too. You can go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, do the Built For You program, and you can get the exact vehicle that you want that fits your family's budget and your family's needs. And if you want, if you don't want to go to Mount Juliet, if you don't live in Middle Tennessee, and or if you uh, if you're coming from a place that's further away than Nashville, for example, you can do the Build for You program entirely online. Just go to TwoRiversFord.com and click the Custom Order tab, and Two Rivers Ford will do the exact same for you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at TwoRiversFord.com. Okay, so. Do I think Mike Vrabel's reaction on video Thursday night was just belief that it was coming to this? Okay, here's what happened with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel didn't want to trade A.J. Brown. You remember the circumstance uh, with Mike Vrabel three weeks before A.J. got traded. He went on Rich Eisen's show, and he said, well, he was asked, Mike, is A.J. Brown on the trade block? And Mike's response was, "Not not as long as I'm the head coach. Mike Vrabel was both angry and hurt on Thursday night when the situation had finally devolved as badly as it has. You know why? Because Mike Vrabel got embarrassed. Now, should Mike have said something like that when Mike doesn't have roster control? You can argue that if you want to. What Mike did, I thought, was good because he's supporting a player in A.J. Brown who clearly needs that constant affirmation, that constant support. Whether you think AJ's worth that effort or not, whatever, Mike's doing what he needs to do to continue to have a relationship with his, I mean, not his best player, but one of his best three players, right? Nobody would dispute that AJ Brown is not a top three talent on the Tennessee Titans roster the three years that he has been here. So Mike, Mike says the thing, but he doesn't, he, it happens anyway, because Mike doesn't have roster control and because the situation got very, very quickly taken out of his hands, got taken out of John Robinson's hands, got taken out of A.J. Brown's hands, frankly, to a degree, and all of a sudden, A.J. Brown's no longer a Tennessee Titan. Mike Vrabel's pissed off as hell. The whole circumstance completely got out of control. Completely got out of control. And so now A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown won't be remembered as a Tennessee Titan which is crazy. He's 24 years old. AJ Brown's not going to, AJ Brown is not going to be remembered by the end of his NFL career. He's not going to be remembered as a Tennessee Titan. He's going to be remembered by a Phil as a Philadelphia Eagle or wherever he ends up in his career after that. But it's crazy to think about that three years after this or after three years, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's gonna, it's just gonna completely, uh, it's just gonna completely, uh, fade away. Jacob Ingleby says, Buck is such a pussy, scared to call out AJ. AJ is a grown man. Well, here's the thing, Jacob. One, I'm not, I am sensitive to the, (laughs) Buck is such a pussy and then I follow it up with, I'm I'm sensitive. (laughs) Crazy. Um, I don't think that it was all AJ's fault. Now, I know the rep. Well, I know some of the representatives for AJ Brown. I know Jimmy Sexton and I know Tory Dandy are both involved in the representation of AJ Brown. Now, that's not everybody that's involved with the representation of AJ Brown and CAA, who's one of the most powerful entities in the sports and entertainment and marketing business. They are the powerhouse here, and they are the ones you can call out. And it won't call you can call them out, and it won't matter because the entire thing is going to continue to roll because they control every major athlete actor, brand, 
uh, entity, author, movie producer, like CAA is a monster. Google it sometime. It'll, it'll blow your mind just how many people that you know in celebrity or sports fame are represented by CAA. So you can call CAA out. What's it going to do? I'm mad at AJ Brown because he ended up getting $25 million a year. What, what am I going to call AJ Brown out for? AJ Brown got the bag. AJ Brown went somewhere else to get the bag. AJ Brown probably should have paid a little closer attention to the details of his circumstance. Uh, probably should have paid a little closer attention to the details of his contract negotiations before giving out contract details that he didn't have full access to or didn't really wasn't fully aware of, right? So yeah, should I could I be pissed off at the 24-year-old for not paying that close attention to something, even if it's a hundred million dollar deal? Sure, I could, but I'm, you know, I wasn't the most attentive individual at 24 years old, especially if I was, you know, sitting there waiting on a hundred million dollar payday. Ah, I don't care. I guess I'll just get it done. What do, what do I care about the circumstance? So if that if that makes me a pussy, Jacob, I mean, whatever, but I uh it's I I'm I'm I think that it makes me a realist. And I think that there's a time to get overreactionary about things. Like I'm not, I'm not even mad at Jacob for saying what he said. Jacob is entirely entitled to his opinion because Jacob doesn't know what the hell's going on. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not preaching you preaching to you from on down high. I'm saying to you, no, I talk to the parties involved. I'm at the facility every day. I talk to literally everybody who is involved throughout the course of this process. And this is the conclusion that based on my information, I'm willing to discuss. If that's not inflammatory enough for you, if you want me to scream and shout and, you know, bash the 24-year-old because he did the thing that got him the bag, I'm not going to do that. I did that. I did that to your organization on Friday when I thought they offered him $16 million. And then after the, uh, the record was set straight, by the time I got to the facility at fr- on Friday at 5.36 PM, I had a different opinion about it. It's you would, if I think it is foolish to evolve or to not evolve when new information becomes available. So that's all I've done. It's called nuance, not you know, whatever you're calling it there, Jacob Ingleby, you know, from all of your great insights and knowledge. But call him out. AJ's a grown man. <laughs> it's just a stupid thing to say. Um, okay. So let's, uh, I mean, I don't even know where to, oh, somebody told me I didn't finish my, uh, somebody told me I didn't finish my story here about, uh, or about AJ Brown and Mike and John reaching out to him. Yeah. AJ didn't pick up the phone. John and Mike, uh, it was my, what I was told is John and Mike reached out to AJ to, you know, congratulate him, to wish him well, and to, you know, say, I hope it would have, wish it would have worked out a little differently, and AJ didn't pick up the phone. I don't know if they've had contact since then. Um, but, you know, again, am I going to hit the, am I going to hit the 24-year-old over the head for being unprofessional? Unpro- I could, I, but I have been exceedingly unprofessional in throughout the entirety of my career at 28 years old, and I don't think that the way that AJ chooses to conduct his business, that's fine. AJ's just going to have to suffer the consequences of the things that he probably didn't handle in the best way. And maybe that matters to him, and maybe it doesn't. And then, you know, now you move on because Traylon Burks is your new wide receiver. He's, he's not even your new AJ Brown. This is just the circumstance uh, that uh, this is just the circumstance that it goes on. John Bob says, thanks for reading my words back to me. Yeah, he did hit Kaharski over the head with that. And listen, he was, he was hurt. 
He was pissed. Mike Vrabel, turns out Mike Vrabel for all his, you know, uh, for all of his super alpha football macho man, turns out Mike's a real human being too and has real feelings. And whether he, whether he reacts to it the same way we do or whether he grunts and snorts and buries me in Kaharski, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, we all go through things differently, right? Paulie D says he was heartbroken and he took it personal as a coach. Yeah, man. I, I think it's, I think that's a fair way to look at it, bro. We're 30 minutes into this and are still talking about AJ Joseph Dion says, I know I listen, I get it. We're 34 minutes into it. We're still talking about AJ, but this is the biggest story in sports. It, it still after, after draft weekend, this is still the biggest story in sports, especially because he went to a major market like Philadelphia. So you're going to see AJ Brown to the Eagles all over your television for, uh, for many, many more weeks to come. Okay. So, uh, after the trade busting with the boys tweeted Debo you up. Yeah. Well, if they're not going to pay AJ that kind of money, they're not going to pay Debo. And you know who has the same agent as AJ Brown? Because we've talked about it before. Debo Samuel has the same agent as AJ Brown. DK Metcalf has the same agent as AJ Brown. CAA. I, I, uh, I know, I know a couple people at CAA. They run the entire world. I wish that they didn't because it can, can create, it can create a lot of, uh, a lot of complicated situations like the one that the Tennessee Titans and AJ Brown was currently just in. Um, G man on base says agents get 10%. What's their take? Well, uh, NFL agents don't get 10%, right? Because they're dealing with a hell of a lot more money. My agent specifically, I think industry standard for media is 10% because, you know, not all of us are making Adam Schefter money, $9 million a year, but you know, for the Kenny mains of the world who are making 700 K, this is a pretty good, you know, you make $70,000 off one, uh, if you can make 70 K off uh, 70 grand off one client who's on sports center and you rep, by the way, Kenny Maine, uh, I think was at one point, a CAA client, Adam Schefter, a CAA client, you know, like, so agents at the NFL level, the industry or professional sports where there's hundreds of millions of dollars being negotiated industry standard tends to be closer to 3%. I'm sure the, the bigger agents make a bigger percentage, but in media, 10% is often the standard, um, given the disparity in the amounts of money right now, listen, we can still make athlete money. Uh, not everybody's like, I think Adam Schefter is probably the most, the highest paid reporter in the industry, rightfully so, right? Schefter's, Schefter's done this for a, a long, long time. And, uh, and that is the circumstance that it goes. Uh, so Mikey Flex says, Buck, so do you really think they took offers or was this an Adams thing? They told Tennessee they would sign an extension with Philly. Seems like the new normally will be. What? I'm trying to read that comment in real time. Reed is doing the same. I can see him in my screen. Buck, so do you think they really took offers? Yes, they took offers on A.J. Brown. Clearly, they accepted an offer on A.J. Brown, right? Now, that was the best offer that they had. I heard that the New York Jets did not have nearly as good an offer on the table for A.J. Brown. Um, oh, Amy Adams Strunk. Is that what you're – I don't know if if that's what he's – I'm sorry, Mikey, not to, not to dismiss your comment, but like I, I straight up just don't understand what you're saying. Uh, at that point, uh, Derek says AJ wasn't attentive to his contract offer. LOL. Come on, man. Here's, here's what I want. You, Cause Derek, that may be, un, that may be unthinkable to you. Right. But go watch Logan Ryan talk about Logan Ryan. I can't remember what, what media entity he did this for. Um, 
but it was really, really informative. Now, you guys know Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan was a Tennessee Titan for a period of time. For those of you who paid attention to the personality of Logan Ryan, it will not be unsurprising or will not be surprising to you to know that Logan Ryan had his agent walk him through contract deals every step of the way so that they could converse about the contract and Logan could trust the people who was negotiating his contract and understand what teams were trying to do to him in ways that the agent understood it. Logan Ryan is the exception to the rule, kids. There's a lot of these guys who there's a million different things pulling at them, especially that young. 24 years old is so, so young. So, so young to be involved in $100 million deals, especially when there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you see Tyreek Hill making 30, right? So, Derek, when I say that AJ wasn't attentive to his contract offer, he was probably aware of it. He probably saw shit on Twitter that may or may not have been true, right? AJ's a 24 years old, a 24 year old who's bored and spending a ton of time on social media, subtweeting and deleting things. I mean, within a matter of 30 seconds, right? It's the least surprising thing in the world that AJ Brown doesn't know every detail of his contract, even as the money is insane. So uh, let's talk about these draft picks, Buck. <laughs> F Jacob says Michael Wagner. Okay. I hope that uh I hope that you guys, I hope that's been enough uh, of an explanation to get us to the place where we are here now, right? Now we have nine players in this NFL draft class, even though 400, 430 of you live on Facebook and YouTube, and God knows how many on Twitter, I can't see the number in front of me. And I don't, I'm not aware of the Twitch numbers either, but I'm looking at 430 of you on YouTube and Facebook live who wanted to hear about the AJ Brown team. So hopefully that gives you proper background to the thing that the Titans tried to do to fix it, right? Which is to put together a really, really solid 2022 NFL draft class. Now let's get into the players. So now, since I've already told you about Two Rivers Ford, I suppose it is time to ask you for your Two Rivers Ford take on this NFL draft class. What was your favorite pick of the Titans 2022 NFL draft class. Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will get your interactions on this. You guys have been interacting at great length, as I've told you, the saga of how we got to the damn draft picks, because John Robinson went in with seven, five of his seven, you know, the normal seven rounds, right? One in each round. John had five available to him in this draft heading in, and two compensatory picks Turned that those seven picks that he went into, minus an A.J. Brown, into nine new players who now will wear the Tennessee Titans uniform. So, what was your favorite pick of the Titans 2022 draft? Let me know, and while you do so, I will tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac. As you covered, they are the best in the business. They will put you in a position to succeed. Brymac Mechanical is the place that you go, brymac.com. So, what was your favorite pick in this 2022 draft class? Because there were some pretty interesting ones. Now, we start with Traylon Burks, who may, may go on to be a stud, who may not be uh, A.J. Brown right out the gate, but I think that Traylon Burks, Traylon Burks, is going to have plenty of opportunity to succeed and to make Titans fans try and forget about the hurt that they may feel about not having A.J. Brown 
in uh, about not having A.J. Brown as a Tennessee Titan. Then we go to day two as we look at the Tennessee Titans draft class, and we have Roger McCreary, the Auburn cornerback in the second round, came as a bit of a surprise, Roger did. But when you looked at the skill set that Roger has, even though his his athletic testing does, I mean, he's he's fairly low as far as the percentile that he's in as far as the athletic testing is concerned. But you look at the film of him against all of the Alabama wide receivers who went high in the draft this year, and you see him absolutely lock them up, playing high-level defense. I understood the Roger McCreary selection after I went back and watched some of the film that Mike Vrabel talked to us about on Friday night. Then three picks on day two, right? Roger McCreary, Nicholas petit Frere, the Ohio State tackle, and Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, who had fallen nearly 60 picks after, and the Titans selected him, 60 picks after many of you wanted them to draft Malik Willis, right? Many of you would have taken him with 26. He ended up going in the 80s, and it was a great opportunity for the Titans to trade back up and get Malik Willis with uh, some of the draft capital that they had accumulated because John, after the AJ trade, had 10 selections, including Traylon Burks. So Malik Willis, the selection there, the quarterback out of Liberty as their final third-round pick. Then two fourth-round picks, one fifth-round pick, and two sixth-round picks. Hassan Haskins, the running back from Michigan, Maryland tight end Chig Okonkwo, Kyle Phillips, the slot receiver out of UCLA, who I think is going to end up starting uh, a fair amount of games this year, a local product, Overton High School zone, the University of Tennessee zone, Theo Jackson, who comes in to play safety and special teams, and then Chance Campbell as a special teams inside linebacker, but a really, really high upside player coming out of Ole Miss, even if he was a sixth-round selection. I think that he's going to be an asset to you. In uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see if he can prove himself an asset to you, but I do like the player, and I certainly like the value. So with this circumstance, which is your favorite of those selections? That is what I would like to know uh, to know from you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, J-Rob still got an A for the draft. We'll get to the draft grades. Well, I mean, you might as well do the draft grades now. I guess we're 44 minutes into the show, Reed. You know, I mean, <laughs> producer Reed just slumped his head. If you want to grade the draft, you can grade the, grade the draft now. Whatever makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but your favorite selection from this draft class, let me know on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm still scrolling because you guys are still talking about AJ. Maybe I'm just that far behind in the comment section. Um, AJ stinks. That was childish. AJ is like Mar Mr. Mar like Mariota, Mr. Glass. Good God, you guys. This is, this is why we made it 34 minutes into the show without talking about the draft class. Uh, Burke's more country. AJ's more city lights. I know. Oh, yeah, yes, probably, but who cares? Damn, I can't. <laughs> Are you guys going to tell me? Are you guys going to tell me which was your favorite pick? You're just going to keep complaining about AJ. Goodness. Uh, Ethan Ramsey says, when does Buck make Stephen A money? Um, I got a couple years left on my contract. Then we can talk about Stephen A money. Anyway, keep scrolling, scrolling. Goodness, guys, you guys are very, very upset about this AJ Brown situation. Uh Goodness, who's your favorite pickup? I'm excited about this draft class. Man, uh, Willis. Okay, Willis, finally, we get to Corey Jackson. Willis is his favorite draft selection. Bryce Erickson. Sorry that took me so long. I guess I'm way behind on the comments. Bryce Erickson says, Hassan Haskins, the running back 
out of Michigan. Cody Christian is probably a Tennessee Vol. I think that's a Tennessee Vol uh, ball cap in his profile picture there. He likes Theo Jackson. Completely understandable. Derek R. is a big fan of Traylon Burks. Well, it would be tough for me to look any direction but the quarterback circumstance because to get Malik Willis nearly 60 picks after many people wanted them to draft Malik Willis, I think that's about as damn good as it gets. The fifth-round selection to the Raiders, whose fans will have to wait just a few more minutes. But here's the Titans pick. The Las Vegas Raiders have traded the 86th pick to the Tennessee Titans. With the 86th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Malik Willis, All right. quarterback, Whoa. Liberty. Wow, there we go. Okay, so the Liberty quarterback, Malik Willis, his long wait is over. And he's going to the Tennessee Titans. Your your thoughts on that subject matter? We kicked around this idea for the last couple weeks on Path to the Draft about the potential of the Titans being that sneaky quarterback team. It's hard to lose a playoff game with nine sacks when your defense dominates, but you turn the ball over three times. And after this year, Ryan Tannehill's contract, they could get out of that if they wanted to. The damage wouldn't be too bad. So... This is going to be an interesting one. He's not going to get in the field right away, which I think is great for great Malik. For him. He's going to get a chance to grow and learn and develop. And maybe this is a little bit of a new beginning for this Tennessee Titans organization. We saw with A.J. Brown going out. Now you see with Malik Willis coming in. Charles, this is a head coach with a new contract, a GM with a new contract. They've got time to be patient here with Malik Willis. Coach of the year in Mike Ray. Absolutely. Yeah. They beat everybody in the AFC last year. Let's, listen, the other part that goes to it, I'm going to let you handle all that. I'll look at the comp for DJ. the Titans. And Steve McNair oh, no. goes to the Titans. But the bottom line on this one, whether it means something or not, voluntary minicamp, Ryan Tannehill wasn't there. Didn't play well in the last playoff game. People have been clamoring for this for a while. And he was the guy that made more people miss at the quarterback position in college football last year than anyone else. And I made the comparison to Steve McNair because of their build. I was around Steve McNair later in his career in Baltimore and just seeing him for the first time and how big he was, especially in his lower half. This is Malik Willis. up top, too. Yeah, yes, but Malik has a generator downstairs. He is so strong and powerful. You see it. Look at his body. This is the uh, the Zach Wilson pro day throw that everybody's done at every pro day since then, rolling to the left, throwing it deep over the top. He's got big-time, big-time ability, Joel. There's a lot of upside, most upside any quarterback in the draft. The most upside of any quarterback in the draft, and you got him with your second third-round pick. This is pretty spectacular at this point. Hell, we've all seen this, Buck, says Cody Christian. Well, maybe some – no, I don't know that all – Cody, just – Bear with me, okay? It's the first time that we've gotten to roll. been talking for 44 minutes. You'll forgive me if I wanted to roll a video package to remind you of what it was two days ago that you drafted this damn quarterback of the future. It's my favorite pick. My favorite pick of the draft, uh, of their draft, right? Traylon Burks may end up having a, may end up being a higher upside player. Roger, McC- Roger McCreary may go on to make Pro Bowls, right? But Malik Willis, I think the value is for them so, so good, right? Because highest upside of any quarterback in the draft, he doesn't have to play right away. It adds increased scrutiny, pressure, and competition on Ryan Tannehill, who as a professional athlete may use that to elevate his game. Now, 
I, I'm not comparing Ryan Tannehill to Aaron Rodgers, but remember what happened to Aaron Rodgers, where we thought Aaron Ro- I remember doing the draft show with Zach Bingham and Austin Stanley. Zach lost his mind on me for this, and he was absolutely right to do so. Because when the, to- when the Green Bay Packers took uh, Jordan Love in the 2020 NFL draft, I said I understood it because you had a situation where Aaron Rodgers looked like he was in decline. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? Maybe not entirely because they drafted his replacement, but I don't think that it hurt. Aaron Rodgers stepped his game up and won back-to-back NFL MVPs. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to win back-to-back NFL MVPs. But I know that in professional athletics, competition breeds improvement. And if you don't improve, adapt or die, right? That's the kind of circumstance that now Ryan Tannehill has been entered in because he can feel, he can literally see the footsteps and the footsteps is a higher athletic upside, a higher potential talent than Ryan Tannehill at any phase of his career ended up being. Now Malik Willis may not work out, but is it worth taking it in the third round, nearly 60 picks after you could have done it at 26th overall? I would say to you, yes. I would say to you, yes, it is absolutely worth it, no matter how this circumstance plays out, because they found a way to find value at quarterback and a guy who may end up being them, being helping them elevate beyond what Ryan Tannehill has them doing. Uh, Buck, you should compare Tannehill and Rodgers because they have the same record in the playoffs over the past three seasons. Oh, and three. Oof. Well, if you're ta- if you're saying three seasons, then Ryan Tannehill's postseason record uh, would be what he won two games and has lost three games, so he's two and three in the postseason. I don't know what if we're going to go back and uh, and Aaron Rodgers would also be. I don't remember if Aaron Rodgers was a wild card uh, the year that Tom Brady beat them in the NFC Championship game, but I think you're doing that incorrect. Now you want to talk about their last three playoff games? Then yeah, maybe they're zero three in their last three playoff games. Anyway. We don't have to get caught up in the details. But Malik Willis, by far and away, my favorite selection on the board. Now, there was a couple of other picks that I liked. So you had six offensive players, three on defense. Roger McCreary, as the second-round pick, I think was a best player available, as was Malik Willis, by the way, even though they traded up to get him. So with uh, with the circumstance, um, with the circumstance for this Titans draft, Offensive tackle, check. Quarterback, check. Wide receiver, they got two of them. So technically check, even though you're minus one A.J. Brown. And then uh, as you look at the rest of the draft class, you've got uh, you've got a running back, depth for, behind Derrick Henry, and by the way, who has a similar style of running than Deontay Foreman. So you get Deontay Foreman without having to pay Deontay Foreman. $2 million, and then Chigakonkwo, whose draft comparison was Janu Smith. So you found your next Delaney, your next Janu, your backup running back, your potential quarterback of the future, offensive line depth, and two wide receivers, even though you lose your guy who has all pro potential in A.J. Brown. It doesn't mean that they're... Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know. They may not be a better football team. I don't know as we sit here today that they're a better football team. But I do think that the things that they have done to try and put themselves in a position to succeed, I think you have to feel really good about this situation. 
Remember the 2020 defense. John Robinson, you thought he was going to tweak it a little bit, blowed it up, right? Blew it straight to hell. Got, I think, what was six, six, five or six new starters on the 2021 defense. You saw the kind of turnaround that that made. The returning starters on offense, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, uh, Taylor Lewan, Nate Davis, Ben Jones. So you're talking about a potential six new starters on the offensive side of the football, the same way that they did it with the defense. I don't know that it will have that drastic of a turnaround. I don't know if it will elevate them the same way that the Titans defense from 20 to 21 did. But you have to feel really good about how they tried to right the ship after the AJ thing kind of helped, kind of started to burn things to the ground, right? We got a guy who will be more available than AJ and $25 million to spend in free agency. Well, not in free agency, um, but probably on Big Jeff. <laughs> that money that money is gonna, is all in all likelihood going to go straight into Jeff Simmons' pocket. But that means you've got Jeff paid, and you don't have to worry about it, and you can try and figure out what Traylon Burks is at greater value. We hit all the needs in this draft. Well, I, I disagree, right? Because interior offensive line, still a need. I don't know. If uh, if Petit Frere is going to start at right tackle, I don't know if Dylan Radens is going to start at right tackle. I don't know if Petit Frere can start at right tackle and Dylan Radens can play guard. I don't know if Jamarco Jones is going to end up with a starting job out of this. That's still a very big question. And by the way, the depth still very, very thin. I would expect them to dip back into free agency. And many teams will dip back into free agency now that we're through the draft process and everybody's tried to satisfy as many cheap needs as humanly possible. Now, as you try to continue to plug holes, free agency is still available to you. Jarvis Landry is still out there. Will Fuller is still out there. I have to go through and take a look at some of the interior offensive linemen that are available, but that is something that I expect them to still address, probably those two those two positions in particular, because I don't think they hit all of their needs, but they got they got a damn uh, a a damn good amount of them uh, checked off. At that point. So, uh, well, Zach Light says a completely and totally asinine thing. Burks is better than AJ all day long. You have no idea, right? You've never seen Burks play an NFL snap. So, completely absurd to uh, to put that out into the universe. And frankly, it's it's just, it's not, it's not true. Not yet. Could it be? Three years down the road, the way that AJ was? Uh, I don't know if AJ's a finished product, but AJ clearly a high caliber player. Three years down the road, could Traylon Burks be that? Of course he could. Could Traylon Burks be better? Sure. Could he be worse? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of different factors. But to say that is just, it's, it's, I'm not saying that you're stupid, Zach. I'm saying that that opinion is stupid because it is. It's just completely nonsensical. Um, and I think you know that, Zach, even if you're just trying to be, uh, even if you're just trying to get out there with a hot take, right? Okay. So I feel pretty good about this draft class. I think you should feel pretty good about this draft class too. Now let's uh, let's wrap things up um, because we've already almost gone an hour uh, here on the primetime show. I appreciate you guys being patient with me because I know there was a lot of stuff to work through and we have, I didn't even, I didn't do a 615 sessions podcast on Friday because it was a shit storm. Uh, there was no opportunity to. So this was the first, I've talked about this for three hours on the radio, but we, we had not uh, gotten to talk about this. Buck, uh, MB says, Buck, you just called him stupid. LOL. No, I didn't. I said his opinion was stupid. That's not calling him stupid. There's a difference between a personal attack and saying, hey, you know, you're you're displaying the behavior of somebody who is stupid. That's not the same thing, right? Um, anyway, let's uh, let's keep it moving here on the primetime show. Uh, this is a free site. Let's do it. 
the best thing that I saw on the internet this week, and I, I didn't even see it on the internet. I took the video and put it on the internet, and it was a damn good video, if I do say so myself. The question that I want to ask you guys is this, as we, uh, you know, and there will be plenty more time to talk about the draft picks. Uh, by the way, I don't know who of the uh, who of the draft picks is going to be on the radio show on Wednesday. I'm still working through the details on that, but Wednesday we are going to have one of the Titans' uh, newest uh, players on the radio show, and I will keep you updated. I probably will know Tuesday who that's going to be. I will let you know that I have asked specifically for Malik Willis, but I know that those things can sometimes get shot down by management because they do not want to overexpose the backup quarterback. They do not want to turn the backup quarterback into a story. They do not want distraction. So I have asked for Malik Willis. I will let you guys know as soon as I know who I'm going to get on the radio show. But the request has been put in for Willis. Can I have a few more questions from the uh, young quarterback out of Liberty? Okay. <clears throat> so I went to Nashville SC's uh, home opener today, Geodas Park. If you're in Middle Tennessee, not all of you guys are in Middle Tennessee. There's Titans fans all over the country, um, and many of you are interact with the A to Z Sports Network because it's on the internet. You don't have to live in Middle Tennessee to get A to, Z, A to Z Sports. That's what's great about it. You can interact as a Titans fan from all over the place. But I went to something uh, really cool today, which we have a professional soccer team. They opened a the largest soccer-specific stadium in the country. I got to go. Now, the question is, did you go to the Nashville SC game today? And by the way, I saw a lot of people, I don't... We didn't exactly talk about uh, the, the people that came up to me. I don't. They didn't really necessarily say if they were radio show listeners or primetime listeners or, you know, 615 sessions or install, whatever, because I'm doing four different shows throughout the course of the week. So they didn't necessarily specify where they uh, where they were fans of the show from. But I hope that I that I uh, if I saw you today at uh, Geodas Park, that uh, you enjoyed uh, the, the discussion and the interaction that we had. And if you guys did go, I hope you got to have as good of experience as I did, because not only, I mean, they drew, they they got a draw. It wasn't a win for Nashville, SC, but it wasn't a loss either. The environment was spectacular uh, as well. And in addition to getting to go with my friends, I went with our buddies, uh, Paul Kaharski and John Glennon. I saw Teron Davenport because ESPN had, ESPN had him there covering the game. I was talking to a couple of Titans players who were in the house. I saw a couple of the Titans coaching staff said hi to them. Uh, my buddy, Lucas, my uh, producer on the radio show, Lucas Panzica, he was doing the pregame show. We have season tickets uh, that uh, that I, I'm now a season ticket holder at Nashville SC. I don't know shit about soccer, right? Many of you probably don't know shit about soccer. But in addition to all of that, the first time in history there was a soccer game played at Geodas Park. Uh a really special thing happened because one of my best friends, in fact, the first person to ever put me in front of a microphone, Jason Fitz, who now works at ESPN, we used to work together when Fitzy and I, I was a $10 an hour overnight uh, part-time producer at 1025 The Game, which is another Nashville local radio station, um, and Fitzy was hosting the morning show. He was hosting with Braden Gall. Fitzy is the first person to put me on the air as a Titans reporter in ways that uh, really, I mean, helped start my career. So Jason Fitz, many people don't know. Many people know him as a talking head on ESPN. Uh, he is a uh, he is a classically trained musician. He went to Juilliard. He used to be the uh, fiddle player and band director for the band Perry. And my buddy Fitzy called me 
last week and said, hey, are you going to the soccer game? I said, yeah. He said, okay, cool. Make sure you say hi because I'm playing the national anthem. And I got a video of my good friend, Jason Fitz, crushing the national anthem on fiddle in the first ever home game of Nashville SC at Geodis Park in history. It was really, really cool to see. Now, I mean, Fitzy's just an absolute badass, right? And I thought the videography skills by me sitting up in my uh, in my season ticket spot, uh, this is the first time I've had season tickets to anything, which is a pretty cool thing. I got to be a sports fan today, guys. I got to drink beer and go to a sporting event. I haven't done that since I was in college. That's the last time I haven't been sitting in a press box and attending a game. It was really, really, uh, it was awesome. And I, uh, I invite all of you to go to a Nashville SC game. Um, and I hope to see many of you. By the way, give it up for Fitzy. Just absolutely kicked the shit out of that. Producer Reed is giving him a golf clap in the background. It's maybe, maybe just me clapping for you to hear. But I think everybody should give Fitzy uh, a round of applause. Why do you guys play? Why do you guys play a national anthem at a local game? It's just what, what we do in sports because America. I don't know. But it was cool. And he did it on a fiddle. Was pretty badass. Steven Snyder asked me, "Yeah, this was so." Like I said, this is the first game that I've been to uh, as a sports fan since college. So that's been almost seven years now. Steven Snyder, I tweeted that uh, I because I wanted to do a food review. I usually do the press box food review, you know, because I get free food in the press box. I get free food. I get parking. I don't have to wait in lines for anything. I can I can walk down the hall and pee, and nobody be you know not be behind seventy five different people who are you know stumbling or perhaps throwing up in the urinal urinal while I try to relieve myself like. This is a very, it's a, it's a jarring experience when you've been as spoiled as I have for so long. And I tweeted that I had to stand in line for concessions for the first time in seven years. And I don't know how you guys live that way because that shit sucks. I would, Hey, I I will do it again. Uh, because like I said, they got another game on Sunday. I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. Um, but the whole concession stand, thing, the line thing, the line thing that you guys do when you go to sports. I don't know. Golf clap for you because I'm, <laughs> if I can help it, I'm never doing that shit again. I'm just going to get a, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my press credential with me. I'll go to the press box to pee and to get food and then return to my season, uh, in my season ticket seats because, yeah, uh, standing in line, wildly overrated. <laughs> uh, uh, Jonah Reel says, Buck, I hope you told Bowling 
Never hit against a five. That's the dealer's weakest hand. Yeah, I didn't go with him to Vegas, but I doubt. I significantly doubt that uh, that uh, that Will Bowling did any uh, did any uh, betting while in Vegas for a day. Uh, this is a tragedy. Buck having to stay in a life. It truly was. It was, a, it was a personal tragedy. But I appreciate you guys letting me express that. Yes, I know I am spoiled, Karen O'Keefe. But if I wasn't spoiled, I wouldn't be me. And you know, so what? Like me? Hate me? I'm going to be, I, I have to, I have to be honest. And that is how I honestly feel waiting in line sucks. I don't know how you guys do it. Um, and I'm going to avoid it if I can, but thanks for hanging out with us on this primetime Sunday night. Appreciate you guys as always much more draft content and conversation to come again. I'll keep you updated as I find out which of the pick draft picks is going to be on the radio show tomorrow. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans on the radio show, and I believe our buddy Tony Husband, also the voice of Nashville SC, is going to be on the radio show. Your phone calls are welcome. I'm on from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. That's Central Time if you're here in Middle Tennessee. And if you don't listen to the radio or if you don't get the podcast, because you can do that too, you can watch the radio show all three hours every day on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube channel or Twitter or Facebook Live. You get it the exact same way that you get the primetime show. So I hope to see many of you tomorrow on the radio show. If not, we'll do this again tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Primetime. Have a great evening.